If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. Today's chat's been brought to you by International Horse College. We have a mission to improve the welfare of horses throughout the world through the safe education of riders, handlers and trainers and that's what these chats are all about. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Today's guest is someone who, you know, we've had a few equine-assisted learning, equine-assisted therapists on the chat before, but here's someone who's really appreciated and um, been on the receiving end of all the goodness that horses can bring to us. I'd like to introduce you to Kathy Burns, who's authored a book called Schlitt, and we'll talk to her about that, about finding healing on horseback in the lower 48. How are you today, Kathy? I'm great. How are you, Glenn? Uh, look, looking forward to talking to you, Kathy. I've uh, sort of gone through your book, and I find it, it is an incredible story, and you're using horses to help you escape the life that you had and the healing power of horses, I think, is pretty incredible, not something that is unknown to horse people, and I think it's been well-researched, how much horses can help people. But tell me a bit about the word schlep. Is it a Jewish word? Is it a takeoff of the Jewish word? It's uh, it's similar to a Jewish word. It's pronounced the same, but mm-hmm. uh, there's it's missing a letter. But um, the word schlep in Yiddish means something like uh, dragging your crap from one place to the other. And um, what I was doing was I I was dragging my horses, all my critters, you know, a horse trailer from one state to the next. Mm -hmm. But it also stood for um, the things that I was looking for. I was in a very bad place emotionally at the time. I had just left an abusive marriage. And um, I was having a real hard time just functioning the simplest things. And um, I couldn't afford to live in the Los Angeles area anymore. And I decided I was going to uh, just travel around the country uh, looking to figure out who I was again and to find a a nicer, cheaper place to live. So um, the Schlepp stands for soul-searching, home-seeking, liberating, equestrian. And the P was for party to start off with, but I changed that later on. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we can sort of talk about that as we go through. Now, I normally start off with a favourite quote. Is the slip going to be the favourite quote or have you got another one you'd like to introduce us to? Uh, my favourite quote is uh, Winston Churchill's uh, never, never, never give up. <laughs> Sounds like you didn't. <laughs> you didn't. Now, this healing, healing on horseback in the lower 48, what's the lower 48? Uh, well, the United States has 50 states, mm-hmm. but uh, two of them are not attached. One's Alaska and Hawaii. Sure. So we we call the the big mass of states the lower 48. It's like a U.S. kind of expression. Um, so I was doing all of those states. I was going to I, I haul to each state and camp in the wilderness and ride my horses and do a painting in each state. And that, oh, was, uh, that sounds like a pretty incredible journey anyway. Yeah. Where did you get this idea from? You know, the whole, thinking about the whole trip, the whole riding in each state, going to the lower 48, the idea, how did it come to you? Um, 
I was hauling, I'd hold my horses up to Malibu with a friend mm-hmm. right after I had filed for divorce. And um, I was going through, uh, forget, interrogatory or something. It was like a 50 questions from my uh, to-be ex-husband that were total mumbo-jumbo to me, my fried brain. And I, I started crying and I said to my friend, you know, I just want to, I just want to run away from the mess of my life. I want to go pack up my horses and just go ride around the country and figure out what to do next. And she goes, uh, oh, that sounds like a really cool idea. And then when I mentioned it to my therapist uh, a week later, she said, yeah, this would be really therapeutic for you. you should, I think you should do it. And um, that was like all I needed was her endorsement was, okay, I'm, I'm going to do this. It gave me a year to figure out what I, what I was going to do next. Yep. So. yep. Okay, so for people that go away and compete, you know, sometimes we go away, we camp, we take mm-hmm. our horses, but it's a lot different saying I'm going away not just for the weekend or even for a couple of weeks with my horses. This is saying I'm going to places I've never been before, but, you know, that's a year. Did it actually take you a year or how long? I was on the road for 13 months. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yep. longer yep. than yep. a year. Yep. No, and I was not going to um, places where there were facilities. Really, very yeah. You know, a lot of times, I didn't even have an electric hook or water hookup. So I was going into national forests or edges of national forests, and uh, I was camping in the woods. And uh, backtrack a second, I'd never gone horse camping before, and <laughs> I'd never even. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't, I'd never even owned a truck before. So I was really, uh, it was like a romantic notion of what this was going to be like. And it is, it was grueling work. I mean, I w- was in very good shape by the end of the trip <laughs> because I mean, just hauling, hauling, which was very nerve wracking for me because I'd never pulled a big, huge rig like that be- and before. And I was very nervous about it. And then get the horse set up. Sometimes there were corrals for me, but a lot of times I had to set up a a portable electric fence to contain them. And uh, crossing state lines, I had to get uh, keep their health papers uh, current. I had to find hay along the way. Uh, It was was a lot of work, physical labor. Mm, mm. And I rode each of the horses every day, and I, I was doing, you know, two, three-hour rides. And so I was physically spent by the end of the day, every day. Now, tell us a bit about the horses. You took two with you? Yeah, I took uh, Dreamy, who was my ma- at the time she was my main rod. She's a quarter horse mare. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, she's a big girl, 15-3, Gruya. And an awesome, awesome horse. She actually is my very first horse. I didn't get my first horse till I was 50. Um, but she was a bomb-proof, sturdy, great horse. The other horse I brought with me was my problem child at the time. Uh, she's my main ride now. But she was, at the time, a, a spooky horse, uh, very athletic, uh, but bullied the uh, dreamy. She mm-hmm. pushed her around for food, so containing them in one. This was always a tr- troublesome, and um, she was a bit of a bully with me too. And especially since I was in a, you know, your horses pick up on your your strengths and your weaknesses real fast. Dreamy was the kind of horse that she would uh, respect my 
my wishes, even when I was in the, uh, in a weak state. Wildflower, on the other hand, was uh, would take advantage of me. So, yeah, you know, two very very different horses. Wow, wow, and and then camping, you know, because you say that sometimes there was no power, no water. You took water with you, obviously, and water for the horses. Yeah, well, I had a the trailer had a twelve foot living quarters in it, so I had house water. You know, it's like not a lot. That Ooh. tank wasn't that big, but I had a fifty gallon water tank for the horses, which would last me uh, with with the two of them a couple of days if I was in a primitive place. And sometimes I could find uh, a stream. Sometimes there was water nearby, but um, it meant I'd have to lug it back. Or it just every place was different, and every place was different challenges. And I suppose when you, you know, because some, sometimes horses will go off their feed, they'll say this water tastes strange, they won't drink it. Did you have any occasions where the horses were off their feed, off their water, colicky, any problems like that? Um, the, between my first state, Utah, and my next one, Idaho, I uh, was worried about Dreamy because she was, Dreamy, when I had first gotten her years before, I had, had colic surgery. So I was very aware of, of colic mm-hmm. uh, and what what it can do. What I ended up doing uh, was always making sure that I had some water from the last stop in the tank. I never let, let it run dry. So then when they added the new water from the new place, it was kind of a mixture. So there was never an abrupt change in the flavor of the water to them. I did have a situation later on in the trip where both of them were just refusing to drink the water. Um, and in that case, I found a stream nearby, and they they drank that. But um, you know, I was very aware of that. And then the hay was another issue. I left the state of California. I only fed Timothy hay, and I was not able to find Timothy in most of the country. So I had to switch to uh, what a lot of places. I just had to switch to whatever was available. I had few absolute no's. I would not feed alfalfa and I would not feed Bermuda. So I was most of the time feeding orchard grass, but I'm totally obsessed over their food because of Dreamy's colic uh, surgery background. So I worried about their their food more than my own, probably. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Now, just, just going back to the camping, you said it was electric fences that you put up for the horses? I used uh, step-in poles with uh, tape and okay. uh, solar charger most of the time. There was a couple of times when that did not work because it was either overcast too, too many days in a row or tree canopy, and I did end up getting a marine battery and, and another setup like that. Um, but that battery was very heavy, so I preferred not to use that. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> and some yes. places there were corrals, and some places there were barns. Everything was different. Every place mm-hmm. was different. Mm-hmm. I had to have um, a, a lot of choices. Sometimes I high-lined them. I, I let them loose a lot. I hopped. They were hobble-trained, and I would let them out if I could find uh, meadows or pastures to let yep. them loose in. Yep. Um, and I preferred, actually, if I was allowed to set up the electric fence to do that because it's one thing to go on a trip and leave your horse in a 12 by 12 area, but when you're doing it every day for a year, I just felt that was cruel. So um, I always like to give them a bigger space than that. Yeah. Yep. Now, Kathy, what year did you do this or when did you do it? 
I started uh, in September 2013, and I finished the following year in October. Did people find out about what you were doing ahead of time and offer you places to go? Um, no, I, I really kind of found my way uh, on my own in the beginning. And then as time went on, I really didn't have social media on my side. I didn't really understand it. You know, I'm an old fart, and uh, I was a little slow to picking up on that. But uh, halfway through the trip, or maybe close to the beginning, I found a a group, a Facebook group that uh, is a really huge group now that uh, was all about horse camping trails okay. and horse camping, yep. and I yep. would ask, like, I'm going to Arkansas, where can you, you know, give me some suggestions. They were giving me, like, really good advice, um, and it's, when I was in a campground where there were other campers, they usually would know, like, where good places were in the uh, adjoining states, and I'd get information that way, mm-hmm. um, and there was another website that rated campgrounds by uh, with people's reviews. So I, as time went on, I got, you know, a little bit better of trying to find places. But in the beginning, I just started with National Forest Parks list, and um, I had a, an overnight stabling guide that horse haulers use for my overnights because I very often it would take me uh, two, three days to get from one campground to the next. I didn't want to haul more than six hours a day um, for the horse's sake. So I did a lot of overnights between campgrounds. Okay. And that book was really helpful for that. Good, good. Stop. I need to interrupt this chat for a hot-off-the-press notification. That is, that the latest version of the book, 101 Careers in the Horse Industry, is now available, and the best news is that it's a free download. So if you work in the horse industry, if you have a plan to work in the horse industry and have a career in the horse industry, or if you know someone who plans to have a career in this fabulous industry, then this is an essential book for you to read now and then keep as a reference as you progress through your career. With over 100 jobs to choose from, you'll probably find at least one that you'd happily do without being paid. So simply go to internationalhorsecollege.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page and click on the 101 careers in the horse industry button to receive your free career book. Imagine, maybe one day you could be a guest on Horse Chats. Now, what about, because when you did it, you said before you went, you're going to do a painting of a horse in each state. Did you end up doing that? You you got your 48 paintings? I did. I didn't, um, I got 43 because I actually bent my axle in Montana. And so I still have five states that I didn't finish. Oh, okay. But, yep. um, but I felt like the goals of my trip were more emotional healing for me. Yes. And, and I, at that point felt like I was done, but I, I did do a painting in each state and I, they were small because they had to fit, I had to fit all my supplies in the trailer. But, uh, when I got back to a studio, I've, since done them uh, most of them over in oils in a larger format. Okay, okay. And where are they now? Do you still have them? I have sold quite a few. I still have quite a few. Okay, okay. Because <laughs> um, so, so, we're talking about like, you know, close to 100 paintings, but I've, yeah, yeah. I've sold quite a few, but okay. not all of them. All right. I mean, we'll, we'll do your contact details at the end. So if people are interested in um, getting a painting of, you know, a horse in their state, or um, you know, just to see what you've got, we'll uh, we'll have okay. those contact details. They'll be on horsechats.com 
slash Kathy Burns or just go to Horse Chats and search for Kathy. Yeah. Now, Kathy, you know, just thinking again about your trip, people, you know, you said that you relied on the Facebook group and you were talking to people at campgrounds that said, you know, go here or go there and you sort of had a bit of an idea. But was there one person in the trip that really stuck in your memory? Oh, there were so many people. But in general, uh, horse women, I wasn't a really bad marriage and I was kind of shy with guys. I connected with so many wonderful women all along the way, people that uh, would pray. They prayed for me, and nobody had ever prayed for me in my life before. Um, And they would, if if something was wrong, my generator wasn't working, one woman sent her husband over, he worked on it all day and fixed it. People would find that I was alone. They would invite me to dinner. They'd invite me to ride with them. Um, But horsewomen in general... (laughs) Are just like an amazing group of people. If they see that you're in need or you're lonely or you're something's wrong, they just step right up to the plate. Um, it, it was really, really wonderful and reaffirmed my faith in humanity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everybody that I met. And I'm just wondering of these horsewomen, did any of them have a similar story to yours that, you know, you could confide in them and talk to them and and say, look, I'm going through this to get over this and they could help you there? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, our campfire talks were were very interesting. Mm -hmm. Uh, Women, I think, in general, open up pretty quickly. And I would hear their stories of horrible I mean, everybody, everybody in the world has a problem or has gone through some trauma. Um, And at times, a lot of times, it made me feel like such a crybaby, you know, like these people had like really suffered and, and look, they rebounded and they, they were, you know, out there still, you know, having adventures and having fun and having a life and rebuilding their lives. Um, And so it was inspiring to me. And believe it or not, what was really surprising to me was that people were inspired by me (laughs) because I I just didn't think of myself as an inspiring person at all. But they were inspired by the fact that I was just doing it. I was Mm -hmm. just doing this journey. Yep, yep, yep. It was a a two-way street. Good, good. And, you know, obviously they were horse people and found the same calm, I suppose, the same healing within horses that you did. Yeah, you can't help but um, be healed by horses when you're around them. You know, mm-hmm. you just really can't. There's something so magical. And, and actually, all of nature, it wasn't just the horses. It was like being in the woods and the mountains and the streams. And it, you, know, you can't deny that this is this is no accident. This didn't just happen. <laughs> yeah. there's, a, there's someone up there that made all of this. And I think there's something really particularly special about the horse. It, here's a thousand pound animal. Why do they let us get on their back? Why do they let us cry into their mane? Um, and why, when you're riding uh, in the mountains, do you feel I feel an energy coming through my legs? It gives me power. It makes me feel strong and and meaningful. Uh, that there's something very mystical about the whole thing. Experience mm. my experience with horses. Yep. Yep. If someone, you know, was in a situation where they said, you know, similar to you, and the first thing I do is say to read your book. Say they've read your book and they go, I think this is exactly what I need to do. I think I need to 
go on a camping trip with my horses, you know, that may or may not take a year or longer. What sort of mm-hmm. person, not not what do they need as in a checklist, you know, you need a truck and or you need, you know, facilities or whatever, what sort of person would they have to be to get started, to make it a journey and to accomplish what they set out to do, you know, to take their horses and, and go on a bit of a road trip? Yeah. Well, I did do a test trip, and I learned a lot from that. Mm-hmm. I had a million things go wrong, and I learned a lot from that. And then I had some time to regroup and uh, fix up the things that I, I was totally ignorant on. And then, you know, I would recommend doing a test trip. But I think that anybody that does a journey, whether it's a, a hiking the Pacific Crest Trail or any physical kind of challenging journey, that seems like... The, Anybody that's in emotional pain, the, those are the people that gravitate towards those types of journeys. This is mm-hmm. this was not an adventure. This was a journey. Mm-hmm. This was a, a soul-seeking journey. And I think so. People that are you know feeling like you know they really just need to go out there and get their head together uh, to do something like this to just do it because um, the healing that I found on that trip was so much more beneficial to me than any uh, therapist could offer me. Mm-hmm. I, I It changed my life. It, it, it gave me my self-respect and my esteem back again. And it wasn't just the monumental fact that I actually got through it. Um, it was, it's hard to explain. It was a million things that uh, that changed me. Mm. But I, I really encourage anybody that, that, says, you know, that sounds like a really cool idea. Not as like a vacation, but like if it's touching something inside their heart, uh, that they should do it. I was very fortunate. My father uh, totally believed in, in the dirt and financially supported me and was constantly there with a, uh, some kind of encouragement. So it helps if you've got somebody encouraging you along. And over time, I did have a following on my blog. I had a blog going time, and, and that grew over time, and, and people would encourage me along. Just getting that, those internet little messages meant a lot to me. Okay. Um, so, yeah. Yep, yep. Well, you know, I'm just trying to think that during that time, you must have been proud that you were making progress. Um. I, I wouldn't say proud, I, I because it, to me it wasn't about like the accomplishment. I I just I I felt in I, that I had nothing else, no other really good options in my life at that mm-hmm. moment in time, and and that I I really wasn't going to be able to come back and function in society until I fixed myself. So I just kept going. I just kept going. It was like okay. the Energizer Bunny. It's, just keep going. Just go do it, you know. Just like you know the steps in AA. You know, just put one foot in front of the other. Just one minute at a time. Just keep going. It gave me something to do. It gave me a purpose, which was is really important to have purpose. It's really hard to be emotionally stable if you don't have a purpose in life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just kept doing it. Just kept going. Were you? You know, I'm just thinking of challenges or being scared on the trip. Was there something that that above everything else that you thought, mm, um, you know, this worries me. I, I lived with fear 
24-7 for so many years. Uh, and then when I went out on the road, I, I, I took a long time to shake that. Um, I was fearful driving the trailer all the time. Um, on my test trip, I, I destroyed the trailer. Not The horses didn't get hurt, but I, I did a lot of damage to the trailer. So hauling was very nerve-wracking for me. I had, like, the most important living, breathing things in my life were in that trailer. And um, I worried about them, you know, their safety back there all the time. I, I never felt like I never met any creepy people. Um, but I did have people in the beginning of the trip that insisted I had to have a gun with me. I had to learn how to use it, and I did. But I, I was more afraid of the gun yeah. <laughs> that I might shoot myself with it. Um, but I, I, I had half well, in Florida. Okay, so I started the trip with a very sweet Labrador Retriever that had cancer, and uh, in Arkansas, I had to put him down, and I buried him there. And when I got to Florida, I was ready for another dog, uh, another companion, and I, I adopted a black lab from a shelter there. And he looked to me like, you know, friendly black lab, right? Yep, yep. <laughs> well, he was a super protective dog. I had to keep him on a leash most mm-hmm. of the time because mm-hmm. if anybody came up and tried to talk to me, he was going to rip their throat out. I'd never had a dog like this before, and he never was aggressive towards me, but he messed up on my fear of other people or of menace in particular because he just hated them. And it made me feel so safe to have that dog around me in the trailer. Mm. I knew that there was no one going to get past him. Mm. Uh, Mm. So I never felt physically in, in any danger like that. I mo- mostly was afraid of things that had to do with my past life. Or, you know, are my kids ever going to talk to me again? Do they think I've abandoned them? Um, is my husband going to uh, ever allow this divorce to get finished with and the, the conflict settled? Um, am I going to end up homeless? Am I going to end up poor? Uh, I uh, had, a, you know, those types of fears that that were much more substantial than anything that was happening in the the current situation while I was on the road. Okay, okay. Now, Kathy, just thinking, you know, you've finished your trip. Where are you living now? I'm living in Tehachapi, mm-hmm. California, Yep. which is uh, the southern end of the Sierra Mountains. I'm at about 4,500 feet in an equestrian community that has 50 miles of trails. I've got lots of land for my horses to run loose in a huge pasture, and yep. it's, it's horse heaven. <laughs> I landed in a, an incredible place. <laughs> All right. Now, are you are you planning any more? What do you do? You know, you're obviously, you've, you've had this healing with horses and you want to spread your word. What are you doing, you know, within the equestrian community? Are there people that you're helping or are you spreading the word through your book? How, how, are, you, um, how are you doing this? Well, um, of course, I, I worked on the book for a long time. I'm not a writer, and I had to work with a coach on that, so that took a few years. But right now that, the, now that the book is published, I'm, I'm trying to do some marketing, doing interviews and stuff on the Internet, trying to promote the book. Um, in my day-to-day life, I ride my horses every day. I've, I adopted another baby horse, so I've got another one. Um, I'm on the horseman's 
association here, and so I'm the trail boss for trail rides that we have within our community here. And I, in other things, I'm involved in a lot of church ministries. I am trying to put together an Egala horse therapy program. I've got the space and the horses to do that here. I'm just trying to find the right therapist to work with uh, me, as, to partner with me to do that. So I've got a lot of things in the fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, as much as I can, I'm trying to uh, have a meaningful retirement. I yeah. didn't want to be retired. I'm 65 now, and in the, well, I don't know about how, how it is in Canada, but up down here it's uh, pretty impossible to find a job at my age. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm trying to give back yep. right now. Yep, yep. So if you were going to, just in a few sentences, summarize your whole philosophy with, you know, how horses have helped you, um, the journey that you went on, spreading your message, what would you say just as a sort of a message for our listeners? Well, most of your listeners already know the magical properties that the horse can give you. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I mean, I just, I, I can't look towards the day that I'm not going to be able to ride anymore. I know that's going to happen eventually. I know I, I've seen my, my own riding slowing down, but I think we need to accept and embrace each stage of our life. And at some point I'll be have to just be content to brush them and feed them and sit on the porch and watch them out in the pasture. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, I can't imagine living without horses in my life. Um, I didn't come to have a horse until I was 50, like I said before. Uh, and I'm sorry that I didn't. I think it could have saved my teenage years and my young adult years from a lot of self-destructive behavior if I'd had a, a passion like horses. Mm-hmm. They, they take up so much of your time and focus um, that you just wouldn't have the time as a teenager, I don't think, to do a lot of uh, other self-destructive behavior. I think that uh, you know, at every stage of the game in life, well, horses can enrich and enhance your life. Yeah, yeah. Now, Kathy, if people would like to get a copy of your book, what's the best way to do that? Should they contact you direct? No, they should go on to Amazon. Okay. And uh, look for a Schlepp by Kathy Burns. Okay. Just go through that spelling again because it's not quite like the, the Jewish Schlepp. It's S-H-L-E-P. Yep, no worries at all. Look, we'll have a link to that anyway on your webpage, which will be horsechats.com slash Kathy Burns. And um, if people would like to contact you direct, Kathy, can they do that? Is is that possible? Yeah, I'm on Facebook and I have a blog. The blog is uh, Mm schlep.blog, S-H-L-E-P dot blog. Um, you can message me either way. Okay, perfect. Kathy, thank you. It's been great talking to you, but I think also too, you know, for people that are looking to um, to use horses for a similar journey, one that they may have already been on, one that people are currently been on, um, great to get your message out. And I'm sure that you'll get people that um, completely understand this and will go through and um, and want to read your book as well. So thank you. No, thank you very much for the opportunity to talk to your listeners. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate, and subscribe. 
If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government-accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below 